Happy New Year. Uh, today we begin uh, the new church season of Advent, right? all the blue around, uh, but we also begin a whole new church year, the church year uh, C in the lectionary, where we dive into uh, the Gospel of Luke, which brings us to today's Gospel, um, and it's a pretty grim one at that. And all this talk about earth shaking and seas roaring pretty scary stuff. But before we get to that, may the grace and peace, may grace and peace be to you from God, our Redeemer, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? Amen. 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 All right. On the earth, distress among nations, confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. Growing up a block away from the Long Island Sound, and 20 miles away from the Atlantic Ocean, the sea was just a part of life. The Sound is a rather large body of water, stretching 110 miles from New York City to the tip of Long Island, and at its widest, uh, stretching 21 miles between Long Island and Connecticut. As a child, I would walk on the beach finding the best skipping rocks. You know those rocks that are, are the flattest with the sharpest edges, and I would toss them into the two maybe three-inch waves uh, that were on the sound uh, and maybe get one or two skips. The water was so calm on most days that this green, slimy seaweed would wash up on the shore, and this would deter all the tourists from coming to my beach, leaving this remote paradise for those who lived within walking distance. Sometimes the water was so calm that you could see straight across to Connecticut, seeing these small cities, Bridgeport and New Haven, popping out of the skyline. This is my childhood beach, as I remember it. A rocky shoreline next to peaceful, still water. My childhood bedroom faced the sound, and from the second floor, I was able to see clear across the trees, almost to the water. Now, this didn't mean much for, for calm days, but during summer storms, I had a front row seat to an electric light orchestra. I felt the wind coming in off the sound through my open windows. The clouds were fast approaching, and before you know it, the lightning began to strike. One strike after another, the storm engulfed the sound with light, bringing nighttime to day, if only for a second, and ending with a clap of thunder so loud you thought it struck right next to you. As a child, storms provided easy entertainment, but as I grew, I became more and more interested in these storms. And lucky for me, Long Island was not a stranger to storms, as nor'easters would roll in from time to time. And I witnessed, when these storms came in, the normal reaction of my town as the news hyped the storm of the century. We've all heard this. Gas stations uh, had lines 10 cars deep. Supermarkets became just empty buildings uh, with barren shelves where water and canned food used to be. And God help us all if I needed a battery during a storm. Panic seemed to be the go-to reaction when hearing a storm was coming I didn't really feel that way. 
Instead, as a teenager, I chose not to panic and travel down to the shore as storms were rolling in. I know. I remember the first time that I traveled down to the shore, uh, I only uh, imagine and assume after asking my father, because my mom would never let me go down in the rain. Uh, And so as I approached the beach, I witnessed firsthand the clouds rolling over the water, the wind pushing my 100-pound body six inches back at a time, but I just had to get closer. Looking across the water, Connecticut was nowhere to be found, seemingly taken hostage by the storm, and the, run, the once calm seas were now raging, traveling far up the shore, crashing against the hundred-foot dunes that were the backdrop behind me. The beach was now claimed as part of the Roaring Sea, and as I stood on this concrete platform, with the taste of salt water in my mouth, all I could think was, this is so cool. It's just so cool. These are the same raging waters that I picture, as I hear in today's gospel, as Luke describes the roaring of the sea and the waves. And as expected from the side of the waves, Luke says that people will faint in fear. Not only that, but the heavens themselves will be shaken. The once peaceful water becomes chaos, and rightfully so, just like in storms today, people freak out, right? Then something interesting happens. Out of all the chaos, literally out of the storm, comes Jesus. We hear the Son of Man comes in a cloud. One would think that Jesus would ease this chaos or halt the earthquakes. This is Jesus, the same Jesus that walks on water. This is the same Jesus who calms the storm. The same Jesus we hear has power over these elements, but instead, Jesus doesn't make anything calm in this story. Instead, Jesus shows up as part of the chaos. Now, if that made little sense to you, it's a good thing that Jesus decides to tell a parable that will hopefully tie this all together. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. The sea and the fig tree, what do they have in common? Well, they both have little hope. A raging sea and a dead fig tree show little chance at life, even at times point to death. Yet, out of both, we hear, comes new life. While the tree, barren from a long winter, sprouts a bud, so does the raging sea bring Christ. Now, the key for both of these metaphors is with the one viewing the event. What do we see when we, when we see a new bud sprout from a tree? The answer might be more obvious on the other side of winter, beaten down from the bitter cold and snow, looking at a newly sprouted tree as we see the physical promise that spring is near. What do we see when we witness a storm? It's hard not to only see devastation and fear, but instead, like the tree, Jesus is calling us to look deeper into the storm, to see God in the wind, in the rain, 
in the mystery, and yes, even in the fear. Now, it's true, storms don't only show up as weather, but instead as events and losses that shake up our lives to the point where we, too, faint in fear. They show up as a death of a loved one. They show up as a lost job. They show up as a diagnosis that is just too hard to hear. And now, far too often, storms show up in our lives as terrorist attacks or shootings. Our lives are turned upside down by these storms, and we ask again and again the age-old question, God, where are you? Now, again, the key is with the perspective of the viewer, as a storm for you might not be a storm for someone else. A wedding can be a storm. With all the planning and the decorating and the preparation and the anxiety, it can feel like you are drowning in what's supposed to be your special day. And yet your loved ones just keep congratulating you. A baby can be a storm. As a woman with postpartum depression receives gifts and prays while silently struggling with her feelings as if there is a lack of love for her own child. Retirement can be a storm. As a person receives congratulations for their achievement, they too suffer the loss of a role that they once played as a boss, as a co-worker, and as a bread giver. I don't believe, though, it's one or the other when it comes to our perspective, what we see. Instead, we are stuck at a crossroad when faced with a storm in front of us. On one hand, we are fainting in fear of, of what is right in front of us. But on the other hand, we are in awe of the sheer magnitude, the power that is swirling around us. And in the middle of all of this, smack dab in the eye of the storm is Christ. Rooted in the raging waters of baptism, we are called into this storm of life, accepting the challenge, the challenge to see God in all things, even if they are sometimes hidden by clouds that make it pretty much impossible to see. We stand on the dock, witness our beaches being overtaken, and yet God is there with us, has never left us, and will never leave our side even as the storm keeps raging. Our call to baptism, though a beautiful one, can itself be a storm. As God uh, constantly challenges us to stare the world in the face and say, through the power of love, we will change this or drown trying. Now, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Over the next week, over the next month, over the next year, we will face storms. We will stand at the barren fig tree and curse God because it bears no fruit. And yet, when the time comes, the tree will sprout, the storm will dissipate, and we will once again see God clearly. There is nothing that can keep us from God's love. I'm going to say that again. There is nothing that can keep us from God's love. For as we read today, heavens and earth will pass away, but my words will not. God's love will not 
pass away. God's love proven and manifested through Christ, giving of himself on the cross the ultimate storm, suffering for us and today suffering with us. So as we face current and upcoming storms, both individually and as a community, as we wait patiently for those storms to end, let us try to see God present with us, around us, above us, and yes, within us, bringing about new life in us through the raging waters of baptism and loving us even as we too faint in fear. Amen.